Welcome to Momentum Radio, the podcast where you get to hear moms share their stories of how they are making waves of momentum in the world. I am your host, Brooke Markovicius, founder of Momentum Marketplace, a market of goods and services powered by moms. We are on a mission to get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. This podcast is for you no matter what season of motherhood you are in, whether you are in the thick of the baby toddler years or struggling with your teenagers. We are here to share stories of motherhood and help all moms gain momentum in their life. Welcome back to Momentum Radio. I am so excited to bring you this episode today with the amazing Molly Stillman from the blog Still Being Molly. She is so funny and I love her. She actually used to be a comedian, which we talk a little bit about in the episode, um, but she is a life and style blogger on her blog, stillbeingmolly.com. She also has a, podca- a podcast called Business with Purpose, which takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs. I got the pleasure of meeting her in person recently over chips and guac because all things should be over chips and guac and Diet Coke. And she lives here in the great city of Durham, North Carolina. I am so excited for you to listen to this podcast where we dive into everything from motherhood to ethical fashion, clean beauty, running a blog as a mom and a podcast and all the things business. She is wonderful and you need to be following her on Instagram now and you need to be following her blog because she brings so many amazing things to the table, and I can't wait for you to hear more from the amazing Molly Stillman. Let's dive in. Dive in. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for being here. I know we just met in real life for the first time yesterday, so I'm so excited that now we get to chat and I get to share you with all of our listeners. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. And I mean, hanging out, eating chips and guac is basically my idea of like heaven on earth. So I know, I know I'm here for it. Yes, I don't mind too. And that's probably like the perfect thing. If, if you don't follow Molly, you need to go follow her, obviously, but she loves all things chips and guac. And, chips yeah. and so <laughs> I think that we just, you know, we had our, had our chips and guac moment. So it will always be a moment for us. Yes. Yes. It's delicious. Delicious. Yes, if you yes. live in the Raleigh-Durham area, you need to check out Guasaca. It's um, Aripas, which I didn't know what an Aripa was until... I had guasaca. So (laughs) they are so good. It was delicious. I know. I can't wait to go back. So thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Please with me. (laughs) You are welcome. Yes. Well, I like to ask everybody kind of to break the ice and to immediately get all, you know, our listeners, no matter what um, type of business any of our moms have, everybody has had a crazy motherhood moment. So I'd love for you to share with me what your craziest motherhood moment was. Oh yeah. Uh, We're going to, this is guys, we're going to get into it like real quick. (laughs) Um, So this was before my son was born. So this is, I just had Lily and she was, I want to say she's probably in the neighborhood of like nine or 10 months old at this point. Mm -hmm. And I 
I was, I'm big into baby wearing. I love baby wearing and I'm a really big fan of Tula baby carriers. Like love my Tulas. I I owned many Tulas (laughs) in my baby wearing days. And, you know, like many moms, I had to take a trip to the motherland, AKA Target. And so I had Lily, I had to do some serious grocery shopping. I think we had just gotten back from a trip. And so we were, you know, completely out of groceries. We were out of just all of the things. This was like one of those, like, you're probably going to walk out and spend like two or $300 (laughs) Target kind of trips. Mm -hmm. So I have Lily on my back um, because I love to wear her on my back when I was doing grocery shopping. And so I have her in the Tula on my back. I have been in Target at this point for probably close to an hour and a half. Like I have a full cart, like full cart. I am in the back (laughs) of the store about to finish. Like I'm almost done. And Lily has a the most the ma- most massive blowout I have ever. <laughs> it was a blowout of epic proportions. Well, if anyone knows, if your kid has a blowout and you're wearing them, the 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 pressure of the carrier on the child's bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> forces the contents of the blowout. Uh, into the excess areas, yes. um, AKA my back. <laughs> she then proceeds to do it again. So at this point, I am now completely covered in the excrement of my child. Like completely. <laughs> it smells horrible. It is just, it is I mean, it is as disgusting as you're probably, some of you listening are like, oh my gosh, it was as bad. Like there is no amount of exaggeration I could do. Like it was truly that bad. So I, here I am at the back of the store. My kid is, you know, gone to the bathroom all over me and I have a choice to make. Do I abandon the cart that is completely full of things and just like exit the store you know, hang my head in shame? Or do I just commit and do I go check out and then go? Well, obviously the choice is number two. Uh, no pun intended. So I, I get my stuff and I'm just like, we are going to push through at this point. And I take her to the front of the store. I check out. Everyone is staring at me. I mean, people are like, what is that smell? And then people are like realizing what this is. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, yep. And I am just <laughs> committing to this. So, cause I can now feel, you know, at this point that it is just, it's just running everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. just all over my back. It's all over her. And she's just like, like thinks it's the funniest thing ever. So anyway, so like probably, you know, but, and, and again, I had a full cart. So like, we've got all these bags. Like, I mean, it's taken a long time to check out. The cashier is looking at me like there is, I have nine heads. Like it was bad. Yes. So finally <laughs> I get, I get out of target. I get into the parking lot and then obviously I have to unload all my groceries. Well, now at this point I have to make another decision. And that is what do I do with myself and my child who have like, 
you know, we're covered and all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like digging through, of course, I realize I have no extra diapers um, because of course. Of course, I always carry extra diapers. And this is like the one time I did not have an extra diaper. And you were just at Target. Where you and I'm just been. at Target. Well, we, we cloth diapered. So uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. had, you know, we so did that I, with Lily too. So yep. yeah. Yeah. So I like, I, of course I don't have any extra diapers at this point. That was a one in time thing. Now I always have like extra clothes and stuff in yeah. my, my van. You learned, um, you learned. You, you, you learned. <laughs> Um, I had no extra clothes for myself. Now I always have an extra shirt, at least somewhere. Um, anyway, so, so finally, long story short, obviously, uh, I get her cleaned up as much as I can. Um, and then I just put her in the car seat naked because I was just like, that's just going to have to happen. Well, then I have to take off my own shirt. So I just drive home like in a bra, like, (laughs) I just, so I'm literally at stoplights, just no shirt on. There is no shirt. And, and you know what I did with those clothes? They went in the trash. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, this oh, is, yeah. you're like, I don't need to remember what I was wearing nope. on this day ever nope. again. There is no salvaging these items at this point. It is. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I told that, you it was like, that is a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. <laughs> oh man. The blowouts are the worst. Like seriously, the worst. You just, they, you don't see them coming and then they just, are always in convenient times. I mean, that's why they call it a blowout. I mean, it's, it's just it's very true. I know nothing can contain them. It doesn't matter if it's nothing. a cloth diaper or a regular diaper nope. or anything. It's just nope. it's going. I remember that, when that. I first found out, you know, the the onesies and you're supposed to pull them around the like you can pull them instead of taking them off over the head. You can pull them yeah. down. I remember thinking this was like when Lily was really little. I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. Because yes. of all these and low outs, like who knew? The Life changing. things that you learn as a parent. Oh my goodness. Motherhood is Life so changing. funny. It really it is. is. <laughs> well, I, that, that might go down as one of our epic, craziest motherhood <laughs> moments. I've had some yeah. good ones this season. So thank you for continuing the trend. <laughs> Hey, you are welcome. Yes. I've got, I've got a, I've got a whole slew of them. <laughs> I know, I know. There's, I, I probably like, I should start asking myself this question on the podcast too because yeah. there's so many, so many so fun many. ones. Well, now let's talk a little bit about your business. And you are a podcaster. You're a blogger. You do so many amazing things. Um, so we're gonna chat about a bunch of those today. But I, and I asked you this yesterday. But you have over 150 podcast episodes and you've been blogging since 2007. So my biggest question for you is truly, how do you keep that momentum going um, to keep showing up and doing this? That's a great question. Um, so I'll start with blogging. So I started blogging um, even earlier than 2007, but I kind of say is 2007 is really like when I committed to it. Mm-hmm. And that was when I graduated college. I had a live journal in college. It was very emo. There was a lot of like dashboard confessional lyrics on it, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, but when I graduated, I started blogging as really a creative outlet. Um, I have a background in improvisational and sketch comedy, mm. and I wanted to be a satirical writer. Like that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, and so I used my blog as a opportunity to kind of, you know, to just get my writing out there and just mm-hmm. kind of continue to flex that muscle because yeah. comedic writing is really difficult, and you have to really. 
practice on a regular yeah. basis. And so that was what it started off to be. Um, and then probably around 2009, 2010 is when I started to just start writing a little bit more personal mm-hmm. um, pieces. And by like 2010 into 2011 is when I really realized, oh, there are a lot of people that read this that are not my dad and my sister. And, <laughs> you know, um, I started realizing that like there were people that were they're reading it regularly and commenting mm-hmm. and sharing. And um, so it just, it kind of opened up a whole new world for me. And so I started to transition more to lifestyle content. And then in 2012, I rebranded when I got married and um, a lot of things had kind of changed in my life during this time. And, um, and then by 2000, end of 2012 and end of 2013 is when I began to monetize it. And Mm -hmm. then by uh, 2014 is when I was able to leave my day job and pursue it full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, like any other job, you know, there are days where I don't want to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> love yeah. my job. Yeah. But there are some days where I'm just like, oh, I'm not feeling creative today. Or, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, people always think like blogging is just like, uh, oh, you take really nice pictures of yourself and you put them on the internet and you get to play on social media. And I'm like, whoo, if it was just that, <laughs> sign me up. Just that, it would sign me up. Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's so much more. I mean, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to, you have to learn to be a legit business owner. Yeah. There's taxes and bookkeeping and then there's contracts and there's mm-hmm. all of the emails and there is, you know, systems you got to put in place. And then mm-hmm. there's the tech technical side where we're talking coding and design and um, HTML and SEO. And I mean, all those things that there's a lot that goes into it. So it's Mm -hmm. not just this like, oh, take a picture and put it on the internet and can be successful. So, I mean, I think for me, because my, just the way my brain works, like, you know, I was a creative writing major in college. Like Mm -hmm. I have no shortage of content ideas in my head. Um, It's just a matter of taking the time to sit down and do it. Um, and so I think just by treating it like I did any other job, I just continued to, you know, I just continued to, to push. And Mm -hmm. even when it was difficult and even when the blogging, I mean, and blogging has, is changing every single day and the industry looks so different than when I started in 2007. Mm -hmm. And when I started monetizing it in, you know, 2012, like just, it looks different. And so Um, I say this on my podcast all the time and I say success doesn't come to people who quit. Like success comes to people who keep showing up and doing the work. Um, And you can look at so many people, successful people in history and they, they appear to be this overnight success. And it's like, no, 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 you don't see the 10 to 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years that they put in before they, you know, quote unquote made it. And so I think that's, if it's something like, just the from the perspective that I see things through, the lens that I see things through mm-hmm. is I believe that like God has called me to do something very specific. And as long as he is still calling me in that direction, then I'm going to listen and I'm going to mm-hmm. continue to do that. And so, you know, until God says otherwise, this is what I'm doing. And actually I'm in a weird kind of season right now where I feel like God is calling me to kind of shift my focus a little bit. I don't really know what it looks like. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, Ugh. This is crazy. Um, Yeah. And then I launched the podcast in 2016. And um, as you know, as the host of a podcast, Mm -hmm. podcasting is also a lot of work, but it's so much fun. 
And yeah, we uh, just, as the, as of recording this, we just released our 165th episode and yeah, I've had a, I've never had the same guest twice. Um, with the exception of um, M. Sexton, who is the CEO and founder of The Flourish Market, an ethical fashion boutique in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And they also have an online shop. Um, M. has been my co-host every year for my annual gift guide episode. So mm-hmm. but that's a little unique because it's not, yeah. it's a different format. But other than yes. that, no, I've never had a repeat guest. Um, so cool. Yeah. So it's been, it's really fun. I love it. And it's just, it's, I actually also have a background in radio. And so working, having worked in radio, podcasting seemed like something that I would be good at. And Mm -hmm. so I pursued it. That's awesome. I think you said uh, something that a lot of uh, moms really need to hear if they're wanting to start a business is that you really have to treat it like a business and treat it like a job and that you show up for every single day. Um, and probably more days than you would a normal job <laughs> because you literally like don't stop thinking about it a lot of times. Um, and I think that a lot of uh, moms that get into starting a business at first, they think it is going to be a lot easier um, and that they can just kind of keep, you know, just show up here and there and things will happen. Um, but if you don't treat it like a business, it's not going to be a business. Um and I think that that has been a struggle that so many moms that come came to me when I was doing a lot of business coaching, they would come to me asking like, well, you know, I'm doing this. I'm like, well, are you showing up every day for your business? And they'd say no. And I'm like, well, there's your problem right there. And I think that that's so important. And that's truly how you've been able to keep that momentum going is you've been showing up since 2007 or before <laughs> because you knew that this was something that um, was good for you, a creative outlet for you, but also you were able to turn a passion into profit for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. That's what I love that. I love hearing about the stories that are people have been in it for a long time. Cause you're right. I mean, there's no, there's no overnight success. I, I look at our, my company now, and this in many ways has been building for like six years and we're just yeah. now, you know, coming to fruition. Um, and it'll be a long more time before really big things happen. Like we were talking about Postmates yesterday, like it's been around for, for quite a few years, but just now, you know, picking up more speed and momentum. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love hearing the backgrounds and I, I didn't know you had a background in radio and satiric writing and all of that. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, so I just, one thing I love about you and uh, one of my friends, Amy Bell, she told me about you probably like three, four years ago. Um, and I started following your blog and I was looking for fashion advice on cute things to wear. <laughs> so it was perfect. And um, I think I probably wore every outfit that you had posted with, while being pregnant. I was like, oh, that's cute. Let me get that like a very similar outfit so I can wear that. Um, because, you know, it's hard to find cute fashion when you're when you're pregnant. So I remember just being like, well, Molly wore it. So I'm going to find that outfit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. That's yeah. awesome. So it, it was so fun to meet you in person yesterday because I was like, wow, I like have been following her for a while now. Aww. So that was fun. Um, and then I also saw that you had your root collective boots on yesterday and oh yeah, I totally, I've been wanting to buy, like Amy can tell you that I've been wanting to buy them for like a, 
of quite a few years. And I actually bought some last night. So yes. I was like, okay, I have seen them now on multiple people. I cannot deny this love for these boots. <laughs> oh yes, they are amazing. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, yeah, there's a reason I own more pairs than one human should. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I will get an addiction going pretty soon once I yeah. get my first pair. So. Um, but I just love that you're so relatable on social media, um, and on your blog. So very much through your writing, you're very relatable, but also, um, on your social media, I feel like I, I mean, I knew you went to bird boot camp, but I knew you loved Chipotle. Like I just knew a lot of things about you. Um, yeah. and that does not always come through on people's, um, social media. So, how do you keep showing up in this authentic way that really allows you to be relatable? I mean, obviously you've been showing up for a long time, so that helps because people have gotten to know you, but how do you really show up in this authentic way? Yeah, I, you know, I think part of it, if I'm being honest, and this may, might not be the greatest answer is just, it's just my personality. Mm -hmm. um, it's just how I've always been. I'm just unashamedly myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, if, if I realize I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. if, if, like, if I'm, if I'm not for you, that's okay. Um, yes. you're, if you're not, I've, and I've had to get better at that over the years because mm -hmm. I am, if for any Enneagram people, I'm a two. And so twos just naturally, like, we want people to like us, <laughs> like, yeah. We, we, yeah. you know, and so I'm if a, I find I'm out, a th I'm a three wing two, so I, I'm, I'm a two wing three. So, there you know, you go. <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, naturally we want people to like us. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, but I'm also very introverted, which people also don't realize. Um, mm -hmm. I'm extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's hard for me to like, in certain situations, like really put myself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want people to like me. So <laughs> when I find somebody, find out somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, it's the worst day of my life. Um, I've gotten better at it over the years. I think now being in my, my mid thirties, I mm -hmm. think now I'm like, uh, I don't really care. Like, yeah, <laughs> that no, no, I, like yeah, I agree. They're not my people, you know? I agree. I feel like same thing, mid thirties here as well. And I think I kind of, after the 30 hump was just kind of like, whatever, like, yeah, whatever. Two kids, like, like I just, <laughs> yeah. don't have time for this. I yeah. don't have time I for know. Like, know. If you don't like me, that's cool. Like you're not my people, but if yeah. you are my people, then like, I'm going to love you real hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I sure. think I, I've just kind of always, oh, to use the colloquialism, like I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. And so, mm -hmm. um, even in the blogging mm -hmm. space as different trends came or different, you know, bloggers would do things one way. I just never did. Yeah. I just stuck to what felt right for me. And yeah. sometimes that looked different than what everybody else was doing and that's okay. And I think that's why I have developed, you know, a really kind of uniquely dedicated community over the mm -hmm. years. And, um, it was interesting. I did a reader survey maybe a year or two ago, um, where one of the questions I had asked was, how long have you been reading my blog? Mm. And um, over half had been reading my blog longer than six years, wow. which I just thought was like, fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, and obviously, you know, I, I want the number to, you know, I want to see that more and more people are coming along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I did see that, but there was also just this very 
loyal, dedicated mm-hmm. community of, of women and, and a few men who yeah. have been around since, I mean, I was writing just comedy writing and yeah. they've seen me, you know, they've seen my transformation as, um, I became a follower of Jesus. They, they mm-hmm. saw me get married. They saw me mm-hmm. have kids. And so, yeah. um, and it, that sounds kind of strange, but at the same time, like I know a lot of things about them as well. Cause they've shared them with me. And so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of them are family mm-hmm. and friends. And, yeah. um, I got to back in May, I got to meet a friend that I had met through blogging. I mean, years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, I got to meet her in person for the first time. And, and it was just like, you know, I, I felt like I was meeting again. I felt like I was meeting an old friend because mm-hmm. I just had known her for so long. And, um, so I think like when, when you show up online, like I think the biggest, okay, I'm going to say this, the, the biggest compliment that I can ever receive from a reader is when I meet them in person and they say, you are exactly who I thought you would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, like that's the goal. Yep. Like, I, yep. I, want, I want people when they meet me online to, to, to feel the same way as they would when they meet me in person, because yeah. there's nothing more disappointing. And I know that there's going to be somebody listening that knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you meet someone in person that you've like followed online or, you know, online, or like it's a celebrity or some, whatever it is, like in any case, like you've never met them in real life, but you have this picture in your mind of what they're like mm-hmm. and then you meet them in person and they're completely different. Yeah there's nothing more disappointing. And yeah. I've met people like that yeah. who are perfectly nice, but they are completely different mm-hmm. in person than they are online. And yeah. I never want to be like that. So I think that's something I've just really committed to from the beginning. Yeah. Well, it definitely is true. You were exactly like I, <laughs> like I envisioned after following you for quite Aww, a few years. So thanks. that's it for sure. True. I, I really think that um, Instagram stories were a pivotal moment for social yeah. media because you can't like really fake it too much when you're like showing up on, I mean, you can, but if you're really being like showing up on your Instagram stories, it's going to be like, you know, a little bit different you're going to have to show up a little bit more like you. Yeah. Um, and I think that that I, I saw people even that I thought were different um, just from following them blogging or social media. And then once they started doing Instagram stories, I maybe didn't like them as much because they weren't exactly who I thought they were. Um, which mm-hmm. is great though, because I saw that, you know, through there. And then I was able to find more of the people that I really do like. Um, yeah. but I think that that's been kind of a shift in social media for people to kind of see the behind the scenes and yeah. know a little bit more about bloggers. I've had that conversation with a few bloggers that have been blogging for a while, just the now bringing in this element of the behind the scenes is kind of a cool, a cool feature. So what are some tips you could share in reference to that, like showing up in your authentic self, um, to, to moms that are using social media? Um, are there any tips that you use besides just showing up in your, in your very Molly self? (laughs) Is there anything Um, else that you do? Yeah. You know, I've actually, cause I've thought about this cause I've had people ask me, they're like, well, how do you do it? And I, yeah. I'm like, I don't think it's like a conscious thing. So then mm-hmm. I've started thinking about it. Like, okay, yeah. well, what do I do? And I think unconsciously, but now I guess I do it a little bit more consciously since somebody's asked me about it, yeah. um, is when I, when I share something on social media or, 
especially if it's, if you're using video or audio. So if I'm doing like an Instagram story or any kind of thing where somebody's going to hear my voice, I talk or I try to, to talk like I would if I were sending a video or audio message to my best friend. Mm-hmm. So I think about like, I don't know if any of you listen to or use Marco Polo mm-hmm. or like Voxer. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I try to kind of talk like I would on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously like maybe a little bit more, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like was a little more filtered. Like you're not going to divulge yeah. like, no, yeah. Like the, the full, yeah. like the what you would tell your best friend in confidence kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. The content might yeah. be filtered, yeah. but the yeah. way I'm sharing it is just like I would, if I were sending a message to my best friend. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to actually writing now, I had to kind of unlearn a lot of things in mm-hmm. that I was an English major in college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then I taught high school English for two years after college too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I could be like really hard on grammar or I could be like really focused on, you know, writing very formally and blah, 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 yeah. blah. But like, that's not how you write online. Yeah. Um, and so having to kind of unlearn that. And so I try to really write the way I speak. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I've really tried to do. And so I think, you know, if it's, if you find that that is a skill that's difficult is um, maybe practice with a friend. <laughs> like yeah. if there's something you want to share, mm-hmm. practice with a friend, like, and, and share it with her and then maybe then try to mimic that online. Because when we, yeah. when we're just talking with our friends, it just comes very naturally to mm-hmm. us. So that's, that's sort of the way I approach it. Yeah, no, I, I do a very similar approach. I'm more just am bad about consistently turning on my Instagram stories, <laughs> but I, I do, I, that's how I've always approached my business. I mean, people are like, okay, you know, maybe don't do, you know, share this much information. You're starting a text heard up, but I'll, I'm like, I don't really care because my ideal client is a mom and I would talk to her this way if I was having a conversation with her over chips and guac. So that's what I'm going to talk to her. I think that's how I communicate. And it's worked for me because I've built so much trust with moms and I don't treat them like I'm a company, you're my customer, Um, even though they are. But uh, I just treat it very differently. And I think that that is really important. And I think moms can really... um, gain from what you said about talking to your best friend is that it doesn't have to be so complicated and you can just show up, like just pop in, like you would pop into like Marco Polo or to Voxer to talk to your friend or just text your friend. Um, it doesn't have to be this like super thought through endeavor. Um, and I think that a lot of moms just get stuck in that overwhelm and don't take action. And so I think when we take away the the pressure of it. Um, so I love that you talked about just talking to your best friend. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Just show up and talk to your best friend. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, your blog and brand is a life and style blog, but you have a large focus on ethical fashion and clean beauty. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you became interested in ethical fashion? Yeah. So in all honesty, it's been an eight year journey, but it really started after a trip to Kenya in 2011. And I toured a 
fair trade factory there in Nairobi. And, you know, up until this point, I had only thought of the word fair trade as something that you associate with coffee, tea, or chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it was something that could be applied to goods Mm -hmm. like, you know, clothing and jewelry and and home goods. And I mean, just shoes, just about anything. Yeah. And so when I toured this factory, it was really eye-opening for me because I saw firsthand the positive effects that fair trade had on a person's life. And I saw what, you know, what the positive effect of a, of earning a living wage can do for a community. I saw the positive effect of what employing a mother, um, especially, I mean, this particular factory that we toured they hire women in Kenya who have been disenfranchised or, or shunned by their community. Maybe they have, um, they might have special needs. They might um, be a single mom. They might um, have been previously abused, or they might be HIV positive. Whatever it is, like that, that does not define them in in the, the eyes of this company, which I think is incredible. And so they they bring these women in who the rest of the world has said are not worthy and and they give them a living wage job. Um, they also provide childcare, which is fantastic. So, um, and this is not unique um, to this fair trade brand. I mean, when you really begin to dig into um, ethical and fair trade fashion brands like you and brands in general, like you mm-hmm. see the power of a job and opportunity. And, you know, charity is great. Nonprofits are great and they are needed. Um, However, in more often than not, by providing someone in the developing world or even here in America, where where we see so many communities in Appalachia and, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, in, in some of these very rural areas and in our cities, like where, where people are just really struggling to make ends meet by providing somebody a a living wage job that gives them the dignity and the opportunity to support themselves and their family without the help of anyone else. And so that was just, it just really opened my eyes. And so I came home from that trip and I dove dove headfirst into learning as much as I could. And so it's been a process. It's not, I mean, I'm nowhere near, you know, I haven't arrived, but (laughs) um, in eight years, I've learned a lot and um, it's become something I'm just incredibly passionate about. And I think that you know, we don't need a small segment of the population doing it perfectly. We need everybody doing a little bit mm-hmm. to really make an impact. Yeah, for sure. No, I, same thing. I, um, for a long time only had heard about fair trade coffee and yeah. all of that, or like I had yeah. maybe shopped at 10,000 villages or so, you know, like it, it was nothing like a huge, uh, I didn't realize there was a huge thing out there until, um, probably even just about four to four or five years ago and just slowly have started to support, you know, ethical, more ethical brands. And I think that's a big thing, um, that people, I love that you said that at the end that, you know, we don't need a few people doing, doing this. We need everybody to do a little bit because you don't have to take everything in your closet today and make it, you know, only ethical (laughs) fashion. Like that's okay. Um, but how can you make these small, small changes? And 
um, one of my friends, she just started to learn more about ethical fashion. Actually, when we were, um, when we saw Liz speak, uh, Liz Bohannon, um, and she bought some stuff from Seiko and she had just not heard a ton about it before. And she was so excited to make that purchase and know that it was supporting, um, you know, a girl going to university in Uganda, just knowing that, uh, just made a huge impact on her. And now she's like obsessed with Seiko and loves and is buying different things as she's adding different things to her wardrobe or getting a new bag or whatever it might be. Um, but I think so many people just don't know what is out there and they don't realize that it's super fashionable too. Like you can really have, um, some amazing pieces added to your, uh, to your wardrobe from ethical fashion brands. So I love that. And you are obviously super stylish all the time. So, <laughs> so you can just you. go look at Molly's stuff and you can see that there's tons of really cool uh, ethical fashion brands out there. So as we're talking about these little, little things that you can do, I'd love to hear um, what maybe a few tips you have for someone that's wanting to make that shift towards more ethical shopping. How did you kind of, you said you really dove in, but what were some of those steps that you took to uh, move towards that ethical life? That's a great question. And it is probably the most common one that I hear. (laughs) And so my, my biggest suggestion is, again, like with almost like with anything in life, little by little progress adds up. Do not go into your closet and throw everything out. No, like that is um, not sustainable. That's not a good idea. So my biggest suggestion is to start with one thing. So start with one category. It can be for yourself. It can be for your home. It can be for your kids, whatever it is. Start with one thing and then work your way from there. So maybe jewelry is the easiest So to just shop ethical jewelry and to no longer shop sort of the, you know, big, you know, the big names that aren't necessarily ethical or, um, you know, to, you know, don't go into the jewelry section at Target and just aimlessly buy something like Mm -hmm. just be thoughtful about it. Um, So start, start with jewelry and there's a ton of ethical jewelry jewelry brands a ton. So I think that that is the first thing. Um, also, you know, there's, there's this myth that, that shopping ethically is expensive and, you know, we could talk about myths all day, Mm -hmm. but I mean, the most ethical way to shop is shopping secondhand, Mm -hmm. which moms, like, you know, with your kids, like shopping secondhand is my jam because Mm -hmm. they grow (laughs) out of it. You know, they, it, if, you know, they trash their clothes. It's just, yeah. So shopping secondhand for your kids, for yourself. And there's so many options now, whether you go into a brick and mortar, you know, thrift or consignment shop, Mm -hmm. or you can shop secondhand online. There's Poshmark, there's the real, real, there's Mercari, there's thread up there's school. I mean, there's so many options, Mm -hmm. Facebook marketplace, Facebook buy sell pages. There's so many options for, for shopping secondhand. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the most affordable and it's the most ethical way to shop because you're, you're purchasing things that are already in the ecosystem, so to speak. So you're not, you know, further contributing to waste. Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, it's, it's just really a matter of, 
um, being thoughtful and then just starting small and kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that was a uh, similar advice as to what I got uh, about five years ago. And I think my first step was I did jewelry. And I think now all of my jewelry is either mom made from a mom maker or mm-hmm. it is from an ethical ethical brand, um, yeah. whether it's Noonday or Seiko or tons of other ones. Um, I think that was my first. And then I started moving more into some clothing and now I'm doing shoes because I just got my first with the roof yes. so um and this has been over five years and like Molly said this is a long journey for her over eight years so it doesn't have to be overnight um but I think the easiest one to start with is just literally buying you know used clothes uh, I think that that can be for yourself and for your children um, I know we do that a ton in this house and we end up getting really good brands that last a lot longer, like Hannah Anderson or T collection and some other ones um, yeah. by doing that. And then like, I put a sweatshirt on my child today and I was like, Oh, you know, you've had this sweatshirt for like a year now and it still looks brand new. And it was like a T collection one. Um, but we got that we totally got that from a thrift store. So, you know, yeah. And that, I think that was my, that's totally my jam too. My, all of my kids clothes pretty much are either from a mom maker or from a, uh, consignment store of some sort. So I love, love getting those, but let's talk about, um, kind of shifting a little bit from ethical fashion. And if you want to go and learn so much more about ethical fashion and all of the brands that Molly, I love you are able to search like tons of brands on her website and find out all of these different ways that you can utilize these, um, fashion brands, please go to her site and look at those. Um, cause it's super helpful. Like I said, I've followed and found all my inspiration from Molly and a few other bloggers. Yeah. But, your blog says that its focus is to inspire women to walk joyfully and confidently in purpose and to know that they were created with a purpose for a purpose. I just love that. Um, and I, it's, it comes through your brand so well. So that's, I love when people's mission statements actually like truly are their blog and their brand. So thank you. Props on that. (laughs) Um, I'm really about mission statement. So I love when that comes through, but we've talked a little bit back to the first of this episode where we're talking about the blowout, but motherhood can be really tough. Um, not just with blowouts, obviously very emotionally tough. Um, it changes everything in our life. And I think that a lot of time we, a lot of times we lose the joy and also that confidence. Um, but more importantly, I really think we forget our purpose um, and that that can kind of get lost in motherhood. So can you share how you have kept a focus on your purpose amongst the ups and downs of the seasons of motherhood? Yeah. You know, I think this, the, the answer might sound cliche and I promise it's not. Um, (laughs) but for me, it, you know, just in the, the time of life that I am in, Mm -hmm. um, it has been just clinging to the Lord. Um, that is just a huge part of my life Mm -hmm. and has helped keep me grounded and steady, um, amidst, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, mm-hmm. um, loss, um, success, uh, you know, um, it's just, 
it, it has kept me steady. And, um, my, my prayer every day is that, um, that others would see the Lord shining through me and that, um, that if, if anybody doesn't know him, that they would say, Hey, I, I'd like to learn more about that. Cause I, I need some of that in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I need some of that joy in my life. Cause there's a difference between joy and happiness. Um, and I can have joy while not feeling happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been true for me in the last two years, um, where we've gone through a lot of, um, loss where I had two second trimester pregnancy losses in 2018. And that was, extremely difficult. And, but, you know, even though I was sad, angry, mad, you know, Mm -hmm. um, all of those emotions, I still had joy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a joy and a peace that surpassed all understanding. And most people, um, asked me, you know, where, where does that come from? And I just say only God, um, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Um, and so that's just really what has been sustaining me. And that is what, whether I am in a, a time of joy and success and, and, and good things are happening, happening and I'm on the, the mountaintop, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, I want to continue to convey um, my need and my love for the Lord. Um, and if I'm in the valley and things are not going well, um, I'm going to convey my need and love for the Lord there too. Mm-hmm. So I think that has really been the, the, the thread that has gone through that weaves itself through everything that I do. And so I stick to that. And whether it's in my personal life or in my professional life, um, that that's what I really try to, to, to cling to. Wonderful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, well, I have just loved this time chatting with you and I hope that we can have lots more chats over guac and chips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anytime. But, and yes. maybe next time a margarita too. I don't yes. know. <laughs> yes. I think we, we, we might need that. Yes. We can yeah. celebrate all the good things that are happening yeah. in our life. Um, so yes, well, I want to know how can our, how can our listeners support you? Um, yeah. I mean, you can find me online at stillbeingmolly.com. You can subscribe to my podcast, uh, Business with Purpose. So you can find it on any podcast listening app. And you can follow me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly. And yeah, just, you know, any anytime you like and comment and share, that is like the it's free. And that is the biggest way that you can support a content creator. So yes. Yes. Love it. Well, we will link all of those in the show notes and thank you so much, Molly. This was so fun. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Momentum Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, head over to our website at www.momentummarket.io and sign up for our marketplace where you can help get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. Also, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review so we can share this podcast with more moms and make a bigger impact. Thank you. Have a great week, mamas.